0: We all want to feel better, be happier, and have more freedom, and there are endless resources at our fingertips. But wading through a sea of self-help books, podcasts, and workshops takes more time than anyone has, except me. That's my job. I curate and translate the latest, most effective personal development wisdom to help you elevate your personal experience and improve the way you show up for others. I'm Kevin. Intro, outro for is self-helpful. One one six seven. how to manage and leverage your sensitive strengths. We've been unpacking issues of sensitivity. I want to again, highlight that the only people who do not have sensitivities are psychopaths. So if you're not a psychopath, this show is for you. You do have some sensitivities. And if you are unaware, and if you don't work to manage them, they will erode you like termites on the other side. If you leverage them, they can be incredible strengths. And the point here is not being a victim to them. It's not at all about being fragile, which we hit on again. It's about being self-aware of your unique propensities so you can manage and leverage them. This is part three on the message from Andre Solo in his new book, Sensitive, The Hidden Power of... Of the highly sensitive person in a loud, fast, too much world. Andre is the force behind Sensitive Refuge, which you can find at sensitiverefuge.com, the world's largest website for sensitive people. I got a huge following on Instagram. You can check them out there. In this show, I invited Broadway and big screen star Renee Marino to join me and discuss the topic because right after posting our first episode with Andre, Renee texts me and says, I'm listening to your podcast about HSP man, this is me a hundred percent. I had no idea, so this episode is us unpacking our realizations of not just being sensitive, both of us, but in our case really tipping over into being highly sensitive people, which again that, that may not be you, but you're somewhere on the scale and as you'll hear, this is not a handicap uh, unless it goes unchecked. It can actually be a superpower, great strength if properly leveraged. Again, though, you do have sensitivities. I believe you'll hear in this episode how you can better manage them to be more at peace and get more valuable productivity out of yourself and in the areas you are more attuned to in your sensitivities. This self-helpful podcast was founded through the Zig Ziglar Corporation. And speaking of Ziglar and Renee Marino, Uh, Again, I've had Renee on the show quite a few times recently. Renee is a Broadway and big screen star. You can check her out in Clint Eastwood's Jersey Boys movie. She has a lead role there. Today, however, she devotes a lot of her time to being a master communications coach. Her book is called Becoming a Master Communicator, Balancing New School Technology with Old School Simplicity. You can find her at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Marino.com. However, you can also join us, both of us, together, live and in person in Dallas, Texas, June 15 and 16 of 2023 at the Ziegler Coach Summit in Dallas, Texas. If you resonate with what you hear in this episode, and if you're looking to influence people for the better professionally and personally, go check us out, Ziegler, dot com slash Coach Summit. Renee and I would be incredibly honored to spend a couple days in person with you and see how we can support your efforts to influence people for the better following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life. I bring you Renee Marino and a discussion on Andre solo's message from his book sensitive, the hidden power of the highly sensitive person in a loud fast too much world. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. All right, so here's a story. I do my show with Andre Solo on his book, Sensitive. And I'm thinking about who's going to join me to co-host. And I actually thought about you, Renee, because I thought, oh, we haven't done one in a little bit. We're getting ready to do an event in Dallas together. It'd be good timing, but I just, I, I, honestly, I just discounted you. I, no, it's not her. Um, and, and went on, that was it. And then lo and behold, yesterday or the day before, I get a text from you, says I'm listening to your podcast about <laughs> HSP. Man, this is me 100%. Fill me in right there. Let's stop there because I didn't tell me tell me what happened. What's been Oh
1: happening. my goodness, Kevin, I'm like so excited to talk about this because 2 days ago, I always have your podcast on on my list and some days you just don't get to it because there's so much else going on and this one It just, it like, it stuck out to me because I've been talking recently about how I know I'm a highly sensitive person. I've always referred to myself as an empath. So when I saw the title of the podcast, I was like, oh, I got to listen to this. And I'm at the gym and my mind is just getting blown as you guys are talking. I'm like, I have to send a message to Kevin and we hadn't talked. And I said, you know what? I've been thinking about him anyway. Let me shoot a text. And I did a voice memo, right? Was it a voice memo or no? I texted. No, it was
0: a text to begin with. Yeah.
1: It was a text to begin with. And then it was just divine timing. It was meant to be because then you wrote back what you just said that you had been thinking of me. And I just, I can't wait to get into this because I think this is so needed right now in in our world because it's something that hasn't been talked about Mm -mm. much before before recently.
0: No, Well, like the show, like I start, I think I started off the first show with Andre talking about, I like the definitions of words or, or more so the definitions, but how we perceive words. And then sometimes going back to the definition and it, it we, we perceive it differently than it really is. So I did that and looking at the word sensitive generally has negative baggage with it. And of course, the if we look at the opposite, insensitive, so does that. And so all around it just is is not a a a very popular word. But you know, with you, it's interesting that you say you're an empath. Renee, I have never, ever been labeled an empath. Uh, if anything, because, because I've, I've never been real in touch with my own emotions. I'm you know, a guy, a pro athlete. There's no place for emotions. I didn't have a spot for that. And so never been called an empath. And as you heard on the talk with, uh, with Andre, he kind of got into talking about you can be an empath and, and maybe or may not have compassion on on one side. But I'm interested in your perspective on that because I have always felt like, man, I read people really fast. Okay, but that's that may not be having compassion for their, and being able to understand their emotions or what they feel, but I'm sensing right off the bat, man, you can walk into a room and know somebody's mood, and I got that down. So tell me how you, how, how what's that mean to you, being an empath?
1: Since I was a little girl, Kevin, I can remember my older brother and, and a couple of our friends, they were all laughing about something or about someone, you know, like just how kids do. Right. And... I felt so deeply sad inside because I put myself in the person's shoes that they were like laughing at and making fun of. And I just wanted to cry. And I was like, you guys, how could you be that rude? How could you be that, that mean and and insensitive? And this, this, um, hmm. I would say elevated emotion within me has been throughout my whole life. When I was in college and I was in acting class, I remember, The first time I was in my acting class and I was a freshman and my acting teacher gave me a scene and I got up there and it was an emotional scene. And I mean, in one second, the tears just came like I just went for it. And he was like, wow, Renee, you have such a deep emotional well. And I had always known this because anytime someone would be telling me a story, whether it was sad or happy or they were scared, I felt those emotions with them. And I would always, I've always been the person with my friends and my family that people come to, to say, all right, can you, can you talk me through this? Like I need to vent about this. And I'm kind of always that lending ear, that support system. And I realize that's why that's, I believe part of my gift, but also we can chat about this. It is tough. It is, it is, it has also been one of my greatest struggles.
0: Um, okay. so well, no, yeah. I want to, I want to ask about it because again, this is new territory for me. I mean, I got the book sent to me by, you know, an agency or a publisher or something like that sensitive. And I thought that's interesting and reading it's rocking my world because, you know, I'm hearing you talk and lots of aspects of sensitivity, which I want to hit on some, whether it is environmental sensitivity, you know, sight, sound, smells, whatever, if it's, emotional sensitivity. And that's what you're talking to about now. So let's just go there and Mm -hmm. help, help me grapple with this. Because as you're talking, I don't, I don't relate to feeling other people's emotions so much because I have never really felt my own. I mean, that's what I'm working Mm -hmm. through in therapy right now. So can we, no, I'm just gonna ask your opinion. Would you think that we could, could we take that and say, okay, you may have grown up in a home or had some kind of a personal temperament or whatever, and you didn't tune into emotion. So let's say I didn't. So Kevin didn't, Renee did. Okay. Yeah. Can we set that aside? I wish we had Andre on, uh, on the call right now. Can we set that? <laughs> well, can we set that aside and say, okay, yet yeah, you could both still be highly sensitive people because I look at that and go, man, I've always, I've thought about that. I read people well, but I'm, I'm such a people pleaser. I'm really conflict averse. I'm reading people to try to a bad word would be manipulate. And so, but I'm trying to keep everybody happy because I want to be happy. I don't want to, I don't want to go down that. And so I am highly sensitive I just want to find out. But over here, unlike you though, not in touch with my emotions. And if you're not in touch with your emotions, you can't be in touch with someone else's as far as feeling them. But I'm highly attuned to, Oh, something's going on here. And how can I turn this around? Whether I'm going to use humor, whether I'm going to connect with them, whether I'm just going to get the heck out of here, whatever, because I'm, I'm feeling their aura like crazy. Does that seem relevant? Yeah.
1: 100% because i I feel like it's what Andre said. There are different levels. There are different aspects of the highly sensitive person you and myself as well. I am very in tune. That's actually the exact phrase. I always say to my husband, I'm like, I am so in tune to people. I can see when, when you make the slightest move of your eyebrow or, or you curl your lip up and I'm like, Oh, Kevin's thinking something. I, I don't know what it is. It's like, I just, it's intuitive. And that's what you're talking about. But I want to go back. What well, you just said, Kevin, being a people pleaser, which mm. amen here, my brother, same here. If you, if you really dig deeper with that, the reason you're people pleasing is because you don't want them to be uncomfortable or unhappy because really in essence, then that's going to make you unhappy.
0: Totally. It's, it's a self-centered so, thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But what I'm saying is I know you talk about how you're not as in touch with your emotions, but really that in itself is being in touch with your emotions. Because I believe people who aren't as highly sensitive are the ones that aren't people pleasers because they're not even sensing if someone's unhappy to try to people please them.
0: I honestly look at those people sometimes and I think, I think I used to think, you know, what's wrong with you? And now I look at them and go, dude, that's awesome. How do yes, you, how do you yes. just sit there and like, you don't, it's kind of like uh, Mark Manson's, the subtle art of not giving an F and, they just yes, go, yes. and, and I'm thinking on one, I, I think primarily I've generally thought, gosh, you're, you're just, you're missing out. You're so out of tune and you don't know what's going on. And I've th- thought it negatively. And now I look at them and go, dude, they're at peace and I'm not.
1: Kevin. You and me both. I was just saying this to a friend recently because I've been going through a a lot of this overstimulation that we can get into. And I said, man, some days I just, you know, that saying ignorance is bliss. We always kind of looked at that as a negative connotation, but man, it must be so nice sometimes to just not care, feel like, ah, whatever, whatever. I don't care what that person thinks. I'm just going to do my thing. I was like, for one day, I just want to be in the brain of someone like that and see what it feels like, because I am the complete opposite. When you and Andre were talking and I wrote this down and he, and he said how 30% of people are, are highly sensitive we're more aware of our surroundings and the stimuli that come in. So we process everything deeply. And that's the that's the key there. We don't just process the things that are quote unquote important deeply. We process everything deeply. And for myself to be really transparent with you, That's what I've been dealing with lately between being a solo entrepreneur, experiencing my own personal emotions and and things I've gone through as, as we've talked about for the past three years. And I keep using this phrase before I saw your interview, I said, I just feel like there's too much. Like everything's too much, even getting on the computer, getting notifications from my phone, thinking about my feelings, thinking about what I have to do tomorrow, the world, things that are going on. Like I'm in tune to every single thing and it feels too much. And then you guys were in this conversation and this is why my mind was blown. And I had to shoot you a text because I was like, this is exactly what I'm experiencing
0: so to st- okay, so let's take that and step back because if you know what do you I, I want, as, as people are listening to, this, what do you do about it? You know what? Why does it matter? And I think what's getting to me is okay. Um, if I am sensitive, and you know, and like you just said, thirty. He said thirty percent of people that he's claiming labeling as HSP. I actually saw another uh stat somewhere that said 20%. But that that's I think they're talking about HSB like highly sensitive. So you've you've tipped over a, a little bit. Now yeah. what is the other percentage of the population that is Fairly high sensitive. They may not be HSP, but they're fairly, you know, they're they're decently up on the scale. And then everybody else who's at mid range, whatever. We're still talking a lot of, about a lot of us. And as the title of the book goes, I actually had to look. I'm gonna have to look back at it. I have it.
1: I have it right here. The hidden, uh, yeah, uh, sensitive. The hidden power of the highly sensitive person in a loud, fast, too much world. Oh, I love that so much. It's spot on.
0: A loud, fast, and and he starts the book off with a story from. 1905, 1903, where they were saying it's too loud, too fast back then because they had the telegraph and the phonograph and whatever. So how far uh, further are we? That in our sensitivities, whatever range of the the spectrum you may be on, if they're in the areas that you are more sensitive in, if you do not manage, moderate, mediate, whatever them to some degree, think of it as a little termite eating away at you throughout the day probably in the form of anxiety, which we're using as a word that covers so many things, but even that's what I'm looking at going, okay, whatever it is. So maybe I need to get therapy. Well, of course I do. I am, (laughs) Um, but maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to meditate. Maybe I need to do, you know, all these things to help me not have that, but to some degree it is what it is. Okay. So we have this sense. If I don't budget my life around that, orient my life around that, budget too. If I don't, it is going to take a toll. And I think that's what I'm looking at, at you know, at, 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 at any age, but over a long period of time, those things have manifestations. So how, so if I don't take care of this, it is going to deteriorate me to some degree. I think that's where my interest is.
1: So. Oh, me too, Kevin. I, and, and I have experienced that as of recently. And that's why this is so this is so amazing why, to a conversation why? Because,
0: just just you know, a just a build up or has something changed that, or
1: yeah, just you know just a build up um you know, as I said, like three years ago, at the start of twenty twenty, you know I had a lot of loss, my father, yeah, right. I had a miscarriage that kicked my body into uh dealing with thyroid issues, which I never had my entire life as a you know high performance dancer actress singer. I never dealt with any of that and it was just like boom, 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 one thing at a time and at, as that all went on, I also changed to an entirely new career, wrote a book, was oh. home at, during the pandemic. So if you think about that, right, then I ended up, um, because of the thyroid things going on, uh, My I was having an extra heartbeat so I ended up having to get a heart ablation. So like if you think about all this, that's a lot of change for a person at one time. So now, three years later, I have this new business and, it, and it's amazing. And I mean, I'm so grateful for my life. Amazing things are happening at the same time because I am a highly sensitive person. I'm so in tune to my body. And I'm realizing that in a lot of ways, and this is good for all, I feel like all of us to remember those things that happened that I was just dealing with as they came up three years ago, it's like, now I have days where I'm like, Whoa, that was a lot. And then pairing that with having my own business and getting on stages and speaking and doing all these amazing things that I love for a person who's sensitive. It is a lot of different things coming at me. So I have felt that, that element of a little bit of like, Ooh, As I keep saying, overstimulation where I'm like, okay, at night I have to turn it off. I mean, the TV, the computer, just read a book if I need to, because I am feeling I am feeling the effects for sure.
0: Okay, I want to ask about a couple things.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, and I'm trying to broaden out the perspective so that people can relate. Let's say that you are relating to what you're talking about. Renee, people, as, as people are listening, they're relating to that. But maybe you can't cite back that, well, I didn't have this big change, or I didn't have this. Okay, I think those can, what I'm going to surmise is those can exacerbate that, or those can bring them to manifest, a manifestation. But if you are over here and you're a sensitive person from the womb, and this goes on over time, just time alone. So maybe oh, yeah. you're experiencing these things. Maybe they have helped accelerate those. Maybe if you hadn't had those changes, you would be where you are now a couple of years down the road, but they're, they're going to be there. I mean, they're going to manifest. That's what I want people to hear. Cause again, that's what I'm, I'm curious about with myself that all these things that I have not been aware of, they take a toll. And it is interesting as I read his book, I'm finding, I think grace, Renee, First off, because I have just perceived myself and said the words of, man, I'm just really intolerant. That's what I've said. Of sounds, you know, we can get into those things, of, of sounds, of of light, of, you know, X, Y, Z. And I felt like, gosh, I am I am overly intolerant. And I've just thought about myself. So I've got this, another thing that's going to take its toll, this negative perspective on myself that just feels so different over here than the norm, at least. And for him to come along and go, no, you actually have... An ish you know there, there's something there doesn't make it go away, but it's uh, first off a little grace, and then second to go, okay, well, how can I honor that? How can I honor that to help me and 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 from that help others because if I'm over here being bothered by something. And I think I'm just being intolerant. That's going to make me less. That's going to, you know, that's going to dampen my light to just use a, you know, an analogy like that. And then that's what I'm bringing to other people. So for me to come over here, have some grace for it, and then figure out how I can better manage that is going to give me more peace, more wholeness, yada, yada. And then that's what I'm bringing to other people. So this is a self focused thing for us to deal with so that we can go be better for other people. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, you you just said that so beautifully. I think it's so easy and I'll, I'll speak from personal experience. It's so easy to learn something about yourself or have a certain quality that makes you add to that question, what is wrong with me? Why am I so why why am I so sensitive and the next person isn't? Like I for me, I've always realized I was sensitive and going back to what you said when we started, that word sensitive in our society has a negative connotation. It means you're weak. It means you're frail. Well, no, what's, what is really great about this book and this conversation is that no, it just allows us to see it's a quality, almost like saying, Renee, you're five, two, you're five, two. You can't do anything about it. Right? So all my years as a dancer, when I think of that, I would go into these auditions, Kevin. And when I'd be with a group of girls, and they would typecast us, which means they just bring you in a room, and strictly by your physical appearance, they go, okay, Kevin, you stay. Renee, no, you're cut. This one, you stay. So harsh. Yeah, It's so harsh. But for me, what was interesting is because I knew my height was something I couldn't change, I never got upset if I got cut because I was 5'2". I was like, well, nothing I can do about it. And if we start to look at a quality like being highly sensitive as the same way we look at our height or our hair color, then it makes it something that we can accept about ourselves and start to work with and love as opposed to saying, oh, man, this is another thing wrong with me because it's not. There really is. I, I believe some of the greatest accomplishments I've had, all of my accomplishments have been accelerated because I'm so sensitive and such an empath and I connect with people on such a deep level because I can so easily meet them where they're at. Like if I walk in the room, Kevin, and you and I are just meeting right away, I get a sense of your energy, right? And because I can tune into your facial expressions and what you're doing, I can meet you where you're at. So even though, yes, there are challenges that that come with it, oof, it's it's a lot to um handle sometimes on the flip side it it's our it can be our greatest gift it's it's what allows us to connect with people and make them feel comforted and be able to help them understand that they're not alone
0: i i'm just thinking as you're talking and i am you're talking about being short. This is so odd. I don't know why I thought about this, but thought about, you know, imagine a, a, a me. I'm a really tall dude. You know, I'm, I'm nine feet tall and I'm in this world of other people and I kind of just feel bad because I'm so different. So I'm stooping over all the time that you just gave me the picture of of somebody going, dude, you're, you're really tall. You could help pick that thing off the top shelf that we've never been able to get. And for the first time I stand up tall. I think I came to that right there, Renee, because I don't know that I have... Leveraged my sensitivities well in the way that you're talking about, that you're seeing the positives, and you've experienced that. I think I have looked at myself as just being intolerant, and it's been a frustration. And I just wish that sounds didn't bother me. Why do they bother? Me? It doesn't bother anybody else, and it, and it doesn't feel and and looked at those sensitivities. So, do you have your phone on you?
1: Yes. Will
0: you look at it? I just texted you. So when you thought I wasn't paying attention to your talk, I was actually texting you. Do you see? It? I sent you a picture. Yeah. You see it? See this kid? Okay, yeah. this is this is a week ago at my at one of my kids' uh, graduation. So we're there, room full of people, a couple hundred people or something like that, and oh my gosh, it was uh boisterous to say the least. A lot of yelling, whooping, hollering, you know, just sweet celebratory stuff. Now I'm sitting there in my normal thing not quite gritting my teeth, but internally I am. Oh my gosh, it's just so hard. But I'm just, you know, I've kind of gotten, I've I, I worked to, matter of fact, I had brain mapping done about a year ago, Renee, and they showed an abnormal amount of alpha waves. So that's way more than should be there. And what they surmised yeah. as in therapy is that, and they didn't say this though, they missed it, but they just said, for whatever reason, your anxiety, whatever, you are overly trying to mask and shut down your emotions. Okay. Now, if it had been Andre Solo, he would have been, dude, you're really sensitive to things. You're trying to shut it down all the time. Um, They didn't connect that. Okay. So, what I just had Renee look at is a picture because at this event, there's this kid over on the wall who's in agony. Literally every time they would now he'd open his eyes and he'd look around and as soon as they started screaming he'd put hands over his ears and it looked overly dramatic and I showed the picture to my son who was there and he said oh yeah that's whatever the kid's name is he's kind of weird and I'm looking at him going dude that kid is talk about I mean you could see it so he was feeling I took a picture of him I felt bad yeah. but I took a picture because I th- I thought he is expressing what I feel inside but he's just he's just full blown I- expressing it. And what a great depiction! And yeah, folks, you can't see it. He's down on the ground. He's almost in like a uh, on his feet, but down in a fetal position with his hands over his ears, just grimacing in, a, in agony with this yelling and screaming and, and whatnot. Okay, that may not be all of us to that degree, but I'm looking and going, man, I feel that inside, and I'm just gritting my teeth, thinking I'm intolerant. And as opposed to, I'm looking at him going, you know, somebody let the kids step outside. Or um, I had a friend recently gosh, I'm gonna have to go back and look. Uh, they've, there's a new type of earplug that you can get that lets you hear certain things and not certain things.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I just
0: heard about it. I'm going to buy them and I just forgot. I'll, I'll text while you're talking. I mean, not text, yeah, but I'll yeah. look at them. It, it, there's a name for it, but something like that. Again, how can we look at it? Just like if you looked at somebody and I don't want to make it sound like a handicap necessarily, because oh. as you're talking about, you can, you know, and Andre talks about, it, you can leverage this, but just for the sake of an analogy, if I had one leg that was two inches shorter than the other, I would wear a different shoe on that. No big deal. No harm, no foul. And if we're struggling with these sensitivities, not doing something about it, it would be akin to saying, No, I'm not gonna do that, and you're just gonna walk around with this funky limp and get hip problems and ultimately end up in a wheelchair. How can we help ourselves with these?
1: Kevin, I think it's so great, like May is mental health awareness month, right? Yeah. And I always say that mental health, I believe, is the the foundation of our overall health because it's it's all connected mind, body, spirit. Yeah. But it's so tricky because when it comes to mental health, people, just like what we're talking about, being sensitive, we we mask it. Or if someone has a mental illness or they're they're dealing with depression or anxiety, you can't necessarily see it in a physical sense. So there's not always the same amount of compassion, right? As if you broke your arm and everyone's like, oh, Kevin, you broke your arm. Are you okay? And they're sending you flowers. And this, I believe, is why there is such a high suicide rate. There's so much depression. There's so much anxiety because everyone's keeping it in their own little secret bubble instead of having conversations like this where when there are conversations, it helps other people to realize, yeah, you're not alone. I do that when I'm in my house sometimes and my husband has the TV too loud, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it opens up the conversation and that's why this is so important because I guarantee after people hear your interview with Andre and hear this episode, so many people are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, oh my gosh, I've been feeling this for years and I didn't know what it was. I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I needed help of some sort, but really it's just, it's almost like another part of your personality that's being highlighted that now you have the awareness to work with. You talk about, uh, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, the sounds, Kevin, the sounds for me, smells, ask my husband. So my husband has an old, he's a 67 Chevelle. It's in the garage. And when he opens the door, the smell of the, like the gasoline, I'm like, oh, Michael, I'm like, and he always gets mad. He's like, all right, babe, I know. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like that smell, it, it makes me sick. So he just went and got the car fixed. He's like, I'll have, you know, the first thing they're fixing is the gas smell. I'm like, great, but it is, it's overpowering. We were at the Kentucky Derby last two weeks ago. I I,
0: I saw, no, I I was, I I checked out your Instagram yesterday just to brush up on the latest. And I saw that uh, that's an event.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was my first time. It was incredible. But while we were there, we have these amazing seats. We're outside and, some people are smoking cigars and smoking cigarettes. And Kevin, I I felt like that kid, like the smell of cigarettes. It really, really affects me in in a negative way. And I was speaking to uh, one of my husband's coworkers wives. And I was like, would you mind if we like take our conversation over there? She was like, yeah, no problem. But it was this moment where I was like, wow, Renee, this isn't bothering anybody else. Like, it was bothering me to the point where I was starting to feel sick and I had to ask her to move our conversation. And it, there was a moment, I'll be really honest, where I was like, man, oh, Renee, you have to be a pain in the butt. And then right after that, I was like, Renee, no, you have to honor yourself because this is something that you're sensitive to. So it's okay. Just, just move the conversation. But I think this happens to a lot of us when we, because society tells us, oh, we're making it a big deal. Oh, do you have to be such a problem? Or if a child needs extra help in school, right? It's like, Oh, you're not the norm. And this is where the problems arise. So I, I, I just think it's so vital that we keep having conversations like this.
0: Well, I I want to hit on that because I, that's a big reason why I have never stepped into this because I as a person, but I'm gonna stereotype me as a man. I do not want I don't want the the negative, you know, sensitive label. I don't want to be fragile. I mean I I've built myself around being Superman, around being strong, uh flexible. I can take care of anything. Nothing bothers me, which that's what you get applause for. And it works great as an athlete. You know, you're not going to let a, uh, you know, you you just lost a leg, dude. That's ah, just a flesh wound, you know, keep going. I mean, that's, that's, you know, manly, whatever. And it also helps in sports and whatnot. And yet, and so I don't like the aspect of it being fragile, but man, I've known some of the manliest men, and there's so many things that they can't handle no, I can't handle that I can't I'm thinking it's you know, we all have our aspects of sensitivity and in that, yeah in that uh I mean, there's a lot of things I can dig, but loud sounds i mean i i'm a I love music. I do not primarily go to concerts if they are. I went to one recently, and it was the about the smallest venue. So I'm going to check the up and coming artist who's at the small yeah. venue. I can handle that. Yeah. But you go to some gigantic thing like Red Rocks is is not far from us, and people go there, and there's a zillion people. Dude, I'm out. I, I just I, I can't. I'm not going to enjoy that. It's not my gig. But how can we put that in a way that is not a negative? Like, oh, you know, you're fragile because there, I want to rear up and go. Yeah, get on a mountain bike or let's do some push ups and see how fragile I am. Yes, yes. But over here with some sounds and stuff yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be at my best. I'm just, I'm not going to be at my best. It's not a joyful thing for me. We all have our stuff and that's not a place where I am going to flourish. And so if we look at those and I'm wanting to call people, I think like to me to look what are the places that just, I mean, you feel yourself, you're just being, um, you're being uh, jeopardized or you're being downgraded or you're just, your mood is is lowering because of the sounds or the smells or the whatnot. For, yeah, for me, it, diesel fumes. Oh my gosh, man, I can't. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, even that saying, I can't handle them. We can, but not in great health and it's not a great environment for us to stay in. And again, back to that thing of these things are going to gnaw away at you. So as you look at your, life. And yeah, I'm a little surprised at how fitting this is for me, Renee. And I didn't, I didn't know it. I just didn't, I just didn't realize it. So is this, how new is this to you though, of, you may look back and go, Oh yeah, I've kind of, but, but to really be con- uh, uh, consciously aware of it, have you been for a while to know? Yeah. I'm-
1: I ha- I have been for a while, but in these past three years, okay. It has elevated to the umpteenth degree, where I am so in tune to it. I think, just say 10 years ago, back in the day, like you said, uh, at that time, I'm a performer on Broadway, right? We we go out after the shows, and and even then, I mean, I would have friends who could... Stay out all night, do the show the next day, feel fine. I'm like, uh-uh, not me. I need eight hours of sleep yeah. with an eye mask on, no sound. I need to wake up, no drinking the night before. Like I've always been like that, and back then I did wonder. I'm like, huh, wh- why am I so different? Like, why am I so different? Same thing. I mean, I'm a singer. We, I, I'd, I'd be out singing and performing at at these venues and even the musicians behind me sometimes would feel so loud for me. Mm. And I'm next to other singers and I'm like, they seem fine. What the heck's going on? Right? And I now in hindsight, I do realize that added to my belief of like, oh, there's something wrong with me. But now as I've grown and I understand this, I'm like, no, Renee, you are a highly sensitive person. And that those same things that so to speak bother you are the same things that have allowed you to do wonderful things in your life. So it's such a double-edged sword, and that's why awareness is always that first step, like being aware if this is something you experience, and then knowing, like for what I did, right? Knowing, Renee, you need to move somewhere because you could feel that this smoke is just not good for you. Like I physically could feel it entering my lungs and I was like, oof, I need to step away. Where another person, it makes so much sense because I I, I analyze the close people around me. And I have an aunt who I love. She's just, she's an angel. But I, we, my mother and I laugh because my mother's highly sensitive as well. And we talk about my aunt because we go, oh my gosh, she could literally drink red wine all day, no hangover. She has two very serious diseases. Kevin, you'd never know it. She lives every day to the fullest. She's a light. She's just this beautiful spirit, but she's not a sensitive person. Mm -hmm. So all of these things don't affect her body. And then you take someone like me and I'll I'll maybe have a drink or two one night and the next day I'm like, oof, I don't feel good. (laughs) Right? But it's just about it's, it's about having the awareness so then you know how to operate in a way that best suits the way you are.
0: I think situational awareness is one of the things that I talked about or, or that yep. Andre had in his book. And like that, I like that. That puts a good spin on things. That's kind of like the Jason Bourne type thing, you know, special forces. I mean, you want that highly tuned situational awareness. And that is where like you're talking about being attuned to the environment. And I am too. The good side of that outside of just dealing with ourselves is so often, and I bet you've witnessed this or experienced this a lot too, is you'll see an environment and see something that is off and it actually is bothering people. It's bothering the environment, but nobody is real sensitive. So you go over and close that door that is letting in all the traffic noise or whatever. And everybody's like, Oh my gosh, thanks. They didn't even realize it. Yes. 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 There's a good way. Yeah.
1: That's what's so cool, Kevin. That That's where I think what we have is such a gift because that was such a perfect example. That's happened to me so many times throughout my life where, yeah, I'll do whatever that said thing is. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize that was bothering me. Yes. And is that such a clue? Like, wow, the difference, the differences amongst people where someone like you and I we hear every little sound like i'm like oh what was that was that a squirrel uh, mm-hmm. outside my window mm-hmm. and someone else doesn't it does they don't even acknowledge it until that noise goes away and they're like oh i just realized so it makes you understand that we are just we're made differently we are t- such different human beings and when you take it to this idea of, of comparison, which I believe we all fall into, right? You and I have talked about this, especially this world of social media, hopping on Instagram for the good old what I call S and C, scroll and compare. Uh-huh. And, and we use it as, as a way to judge ourselves. When you think of it in this light, it makes you realize like it doesn't even pay to spend energy to try to compare yourself to someone else because we're just um, – on a, on a core level different. So it, it, there's no need to even put yourself against that standard.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's a great way to put it. Cause I'm thinking about if we look at these, I mean, anybody listening, there's some area that you are more sensitive to than another. And that's what we're talking about. Wherever you fall on the spectrum or, or, or whatnot on sensitivities, there's some things that you are just more sensitive to. And that's what we're saying. How can you be aware of those? Give yourself some grace and also then budget for that. I mean, I can't take this. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to take this and go, you know what? Social environments just kind of drain me. So I'm just not going to do them. I do less than I used to. I am more judicious with the ones that I go to. But if I do, I look at that, and just like you're talking about with a performance, I think, okay, how can I help myself be at the best? Let's not not do a bunch of activities and, you know, yeah, be out all night or whatever. You know, let's get good sleep, take care of yourself so that when you walk in, you're at the best that you can be. Now, it is going to drain you. You're going to do a good job doing what you do, it's going to drain you, and then you can. Take affirmative action for yourself. I mean, I'll be doing that when we're in Dallas and we're all at, you know, we're with however many people and we're all at the same hotel together and probably having meals together and whatnot. And I will enjoy it. I'll get value out of it. I hope I give value and there will be times when I'll be gone. And I'll be on a run by myself, or I'll be in my room by myself, or I'll be getting great sleep while everybody else goes to the next party or what. Just like you're talking about, and just take care of myself, just like we would. You know, I did want to ask you, I probably have before, but where do you put yourself on the introvert extrovert scale?
1: I believe uh, so. I absolutely love people. Like, can't wait to meet you in person so I can give you a hug and like be in your physical presence but I need that time to recharge. So like, um, so I think it's called, I, I believe it's called, I'm an extroverted introvert.
0: Is yeah, that- yeah. That, that's me. I, yeah, I got yes, that. Yeah. I, got, I actually got that from, man, a long time ago from Shalene Johnson. I had her on the show. That, and I, oh, and I what love talking, her,
1: I love her. And yeah.
0: she, well, you would look at her and think she's mega extrovert is what it looks like. But she said, I'm an extroverted introvert, meaning you can do that. And you maybe you even get, you get i don't know how would you say it um
1: you get you get um you get recharged i believe like for me i get i get charged up by people but then i need to recharge like it's like i get recharged at the same time that when it's too much I, my battery starts to drain and that's when i need to go in my cocoon meditate journal have you know my time alone so then when i'm ready for the next just say social event I, I'm ready for it.
0: Okay. like th- I, I, That, that yeah. is different. That is because, because like my wife is, seems to be the extroverts extrovert. I mean, she's with people she wants to be. And the more she's with them, the more energy she has. And of course I'm just tanking over here, yeah. you know, on that. So that's why I wanted to ask, do you know your, um, oh, of course you do. We, we talked about it. What was your, uh, Enneagram again, number? So
1: I, I need to go back and look at it. I, yeah. I literally have the book. And after I watched that podcast, I said, I have to read yeah again, the road back to you, but I believe I am. I'm two and three. I know I'm the, the giver
0: two, and, yeah. and three's see, three's performer.
1: Know. Yes. Performer. I think I'm the giver and the performer.
0: Okay. It's yeah. interesting. And, and I'll say, so you, and you're referring to you listening. So, so yeah, we recently did a series with Ian Morgan Cron and he's got the book, uh, the road back to you. And then the one that I had him on was the I'm about to look behind me, the story of you. Um, uh, I feel
1: like I. The
0: story it. of you. Yeah, it's right here. I'll, I'll hold it up for those of you who watch the video. So, here, the story of you. That was his next ah, one. Yes. So, the road back to you and the story of you. And he's talking about the Enneagram. What's interesting to me, and now I'm going back to it, Renee, with Andre's book, uh, uh, Sensitivity, uh, to look at, because Ian does such a good job in both books, a story of you and the road back to you, but of saying, okay, here's, so let's say that you're a three or you whatever. Yep. Here's, here's what you look like stereotypically as a three in healthy mode. Okay. This is you in, I think he calls it average, whatever, you know, but mid range, this is you. And then in unhealth, this is you. And I'm wanting to pair that now with the sensitivities as well and mm. see how those, that'd be a good discussion for you. We should have done that we'll do that yeah. the next show or we'll do that or in Dallas. Yeah. but to look at that and, and understand you know what are the some of the correlations here but it really does bring us back I, it's got me going back to childhood and thinking about and gosh yeah you and I did the show on um, your inner child work on, on, uh, with Vienna Farron on her Vienna, book, yeah. uh, Vienna, the the, the origin, origins of you. Yeah. And you co-hosted like you're doing here now with me on that, on the inner child work, it has me going back and thinking about the things as a kid and just watching those and think, man, this has been consistent all through my life. Again, no surprise. If some of those things, you would think that you would get better over time, but I'm going to say, if you haven't dealt with them, they're going to be in on a way you may be worse than you were with your sensitivities at, at this point. And so, but looking back at those and seeing what are the threads I've seen this, it may even be, it'd be interesting to, I haven't done this, but to talk like with my parents or my siblings and go, gosh, do you remember this about me or even friends? I remember friends uh, I'd have, you know, over on a sleepover. And I do remember one, my buddy Joe, and he would always make fun of me and go, dude, yeah, if Kevin gets woken up early in the morning, he, he can't go back to sleep. And, and that was like, a th- we just always thought that's yeah. just a weirdness. No, that makes sense. Cause my mind starts yeah. going and I'm hearing things and whatever. It takes so much to get me in that state, but to look at those predispositions, those propensities, just like we would say with the Enneagram and to look yeah. at it with your sensitivities. And, and again, I'm going to say, and I think Andre says this, but we're we're all on the list or, or all, I'm sorry, all on the spectrum. There, there's totally. nobody who's totally insane. Well, maybe a psychopath, you know, who's totally, yeah. well, in, in, What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't like, and Andre did a pretty good job. I don't know if he, if he really keyed in on it, but we're not saying that the opposite of being highly sensitive is being highly insensitive. We need people who are not, we don't need a world full of highly sensitive people. Good God. Uh, That'd be terrible. Nobody could go to a concert. Um,
1: Kevin, I want to stop here because this this is a great example of this. So my brother-in-law is a police officer and one day we're in a conversation And I said to him, I said, Eric, I said, when you, I mean, go into these homes and, and, you know, you're dealing with tragedy and you see just the most horrific accidents. Like for me, I I can't. It it stays with me. Like, I can't. That's why watching the news, I I have canceled the news, really. Um, I just watch what I have to because I feel it like, and it, and it, affects me in a deeper way than someone else. Yep. And my brother-in-law, I said, so like when you go home at night and you know, you're with your wife and kids, like that doesn't stay with you. He goes, Renee, I can just turn it off. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And that's when I knew. I said, okay, that to me is so foreign to my understanding. Cause like, you know, it, it's great. Cause I'm the person like, you know, in, in in my family, my my in-laws and stuff, I love them. We're all so close. But like, they're like, oh, what's Renee doing today? Meditating, what she, you know, personal development, this and that. And then like, you take my brother-in-law and he's like, no, I just turn it off. I do what I got to do. And thank goodness he's like that, right? As a police officer, if he's so in tune to people's emotions and he's sitting there and crying with them and having to tell this mother that her child died or any of these these horrible events he couldn't do his job so it does go to show we we need all people on the spectrum of sensitivity but it is so, it's just so interesting to me when we had that conversation I was like I was like what do you what do you mean like you can just go home and like take your shower and go to sleep and kiss your kids. And that's it. You don't think about it. He's like, yeah, I can just turn it off.
0: Let let me, so let me ask about that. You know, I've got a friend who has been, he's older than I am probably 15, 20 years older psychiatrist. And for the most part he's worked in the ER and in that facility over at Stanford. um, And it has taken a toll bottom line. He's not able to just turn it off. And so the her, the, the, the horrific things that he sees uh, with people, it's just, it's taken a toll. He's not able to shut it off like that. So that sounds good. My My curiosity though, it sounds like your brother-in-law, Eric, is yeah. literally able to healthfully be able to turn it off, which is great. If you go back to, there's a book called why zebras don't get ulcers. I believe that's the title. <laughs> of it. Yeah, it's a legit, legit book in the health and wellness. Uh, why zebras don't get, you know what here folks bear with me. Why? Let me see if that's the title. Why zebras don't get ulcers? Uh, ulcers by Robert S- Sapolsky. Okay. Let quick layman's term is because here they are at peace out in the Savannah having some nice grass for lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's good. All of a sudden, what happened? Here comes a lion, and boom, man, they're full tilt boogie for thirty seconds or however long it takes them to hopefully get away. Let's assume that in this scenario they get away and then what do they do? Five minutes no a second later, back having some grass man they're good that's wow. and so if your if your uh, brother in law Eric is able to do that, I would say that that's that's great that's a skill that he has and i don't i don't i guess what i'm hesitant to say is that's that's what it should be because we also need some people who are able to stick with it um, possibly. But what I'm, what I'm interested in though is I have an ability to compartmentalize because I have to. Because if yeah. I see that tragedy, I've got to shut it down. I don't know that yeah. that's healthy and helping me though. I mean, I may need to do it for survival, but I, but day in, day out, I can't, I, I just can't withstand it, man. That stuff grieves me. Yeah. I can't even look at, you're talking about social media. People are always sending me cycling stuff and I like to watch it. Uh, some of the bike races and stuff like right now, the tour of Italy is going on, but generally yeah. what makes social media the wrecks. And I just. I mean, I'm going to say I can't handle it. Can I? I can't, but it just makes me feel like crap. I, do, I don't want to see it at all. Don't send me. Uh, people like to send me the mountain bike crazy stuff that I actually do. I do not want to watch it. I don't. I'll do it.
1: Kevin, I'm stopping you here. Okay. Because you want to know why? Why? That is the empath in you. What you're talking about. And I just want to hold up a mirror for you as your friend. Okay, please. Because we just talk a lot about how you know emotions. Sometimes you know that hasn't been your easiest thing to have awareness around, or you're not yeah. an emotional person. But Kevin, you are because the fact that y- you can't watch those, what maybe you're not realizing is you feel that you feel that pain oh. with them, and it just it crushes your heart. So it's, it's
0: I, I saw one the that. other day, and they sent it to me, and people are like laughing. I'm like, dude, that dude broke. It, it, something had to break. It's horrific that that's yeah okay, that's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's it, listen it's it's so this is so interesting because as a deep thinker, I mean I, this is all I ever say to my my gal kesley, who I work with on the inner child stuff, who yeah. really is like a therapist, um I say this to her all the time, I'm like, kesley, I just I'm such a deep thinker, everything. I mean, I'm looking at the tree outside and I'm thinking, you know, 12 levels deep about this tree. I'm not just watching it blow in the wind. I'm thinking of like, well, how did it come to fruition? And it's just what my mind naturally does. But again, from that deep thinker mind, as stressed out as it can make me, because I'm always thinking, then what comes out of me is beautiful, beautiful poetry. And, you know, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday was was a few weeks ago, and I wrote her a poem. And, right, this creative side of me that is so much a part of who I am is like, wow, it's so magnificent. But it comes with the cost. And I want to talk with you about anxiety, because anxiety something that so many of us deal with in the world today. I really think when I heard you say, I really identified with it when you said, you know, anxiety for me isn't necessarily bad. I get anxious and excited when something, an idea brews and you can't sleep and you're like thinking about it. I'm the same way. I I mean, get so excited over my next meal, right? Like I'm going to go to lunch after this with my husband and I'm like, oh my God. I can't wait. Well,
0: food is holy. I mean, come on. That's, food is, yes.
1: But I think what I've realized as I get more aware of who I am, when you have this gift of energy, let's just say energy, it goes both ways, right? You can't be a person who can feel those highest of highs, like, oh my God, as you say, feeling like you're in awe. I feel like I'm in awe so much, like, oh, this moment is taking my breath away. That sky is so beautiful, I could cry. In order to get to those heights of that feeling, I think it has to allow you to also feel those lowest of lows. So when it comes to anxiety, if you're a person who experiences anxiety, yeah, sometimes it could be really great that excitement, like, "Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, interview this new guest." But then it can also go the other way, where it's like, "Oh man, I'm not sleeping. I don't feel good. I'm so nervous about this thing that's coming up." So it's again, it's like you can't you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Love and marriage. Remember?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I, I'm wondering about that. With do you have problems focusing? Yes. Do you, uh, consider yourself, you know, on the ADHD spectrum? I would say
1: that's the other thing I've been looking into so much. I've been reading so many books. I definitely am neurodiverse and I think it's a beautiful gift. My brain is neurodiverse. That's why I've been able to be, you know, so creative throughout my life. Um, but I do, I do believe like if I did a brain scan with Daniel Amen, Dr. Mm-hmm. Daniel Amen, I'm sure you'd be like, yep, you're absolutely ADHD.
0: Well, again, to balance this of mm-hmm. not trying to hold up being sensitive, highly sensitive, or just, you know, being fairly sensitive as not, it's not, it's not fragile. It's not unhealthy, but it's also not better than we need those people. Cause I would say if you and I are on a project team, we need somebody who can focus. We're, yes. we're literally, if, yes. if we're going to be in business together or on a team, we need some bodies who can focus. And where are you at on a propensity to start things as opposed to finish things?
1: So I'm pretty good, actually. Like if right. I, if I start something, For the most, I mean, you know, like, well, you know, you and I both, right? We're book writers. So that's no joke. I think it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, But I, and I started it and I finished it. Um, But I do start a lot of things at the same time. And it may take me a while to get around to finishing all those things. But um, what
0: would you, what would you rather do?
1: Um, I would rather just start okay. and have ideas, have yes. all, like have all the ideas and then have my creative person. Yeah. I mean, my, yes. my organized person be like, okay, Renee, now we're going to craft it and put it into this package. It,
0: okay. That, and so there's what I'm saying. So if we've got, you know, with HSPs over here or, or sensitive people yeah. that we may, uh, be over here and we're, we're in tune to things, we're starting things over here, but we need, we need people who can focus. So God bless the people who aren't, um, I so sensitive and, and, and I would say, and we need people over here who, uh, finish. I did Patrick Lencioni's profile, uh, test called working genius. If you go to working genius.com. You go, there's like 25 bucks. And my number one, he called my working genius was, um, shoot, was it, was it maker? I can't remember his title. Um, but it was starting things, having an idea of, yeah. Starting things. One of my, my, my least, and he has six categories, uh, my least was tenacity, which is finishing. Now, uh, you know, again, it, it doesn't mean I can't finish anything, but I have more energy in starting things and I do struggle to finish things. Now, you know, again, I was a pro cyclist. It was all about finishing. It, it didn't relate there, but with projects and other things like that and the book, Renee, I was, my book ultimately came out uh, two years late because of my inability or my struggle to finish it. I finally had to get help, uh, you know, paid out of pocket, yeah. even though the publisher paid me for the book. I used some of that money to pay out of pocket to get help to finish that. But again, just look at that and say, we need people in all areas. So I, we're not holding yeah. up uh, sensitive people as better and also not showcasing them as worse. It's just a, it's a thing. Some people the are tall, like you said, tall, short. Yeah,
1: that's it. And I think that's the key. If we can, and I believe we are, right, we're, we're, we're shifting the energy of our culture, we're shifting the perspective of our society, if we all start to understand that and practice that, and I think it starts within ourselves, and again, I'm going to use myself as an example, all throughout my life as a high achiever, a perfectionist, right? I mean, in a hard field that's often based on who you know and how you look and, you know, all these things. I mean, my work ethic is like none other. Being in that field really lends itself to um, battling yourself. Again, that question, what is wrong with you? Work harder, do better, Right. So we're used to taking things, whatever those things may be, and looking at it as a negative. Oh, why Uh are you like that? Yeah. But I think the more we treat these qualities as just qualities, they're neutral. It's not good or bad. Like you said, we need everything. So let's all be clear about this. We need every personality type. We need every number on the Enneagram. We need every, you know, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, we need everything on the disc profile, right? That's why all these personality tests have have been created because all of those different personalities have their pros and their cons. And like you said, that's what makes, you know, when, when you build a team, you need a different personality type for each person on that team.
0: Okay, you just said pro and con. I literally had just written yin and yang. Because what what I'm thinking about, Renee, so I I have two um, uh, uh, amongst my kids, uh, but two boys, um, 18 and 17 years old. 18 year old is the extrovert's extrovert, and he is not sensitive in this way. The dude, when he wakes up, I know it. It's like a. It's like a, an elephant is upstairs. I don't know how he shuts the door so loud, stomps around. I mean, you, you totally hear him. Everybody loves him. He's the socialite. He's, we're already talking about careers and sales and you know, real estate, maybe, what whatnot for him. Um, that's him. And, you know, so we have a big family. It fits him. We're the big fat Greek wedding. And so there's always a celebration and there's lots of, you know, boisterous and that fits him. The, the other son, the 17-year-old, exact opposite. And I have not in the past, I'm going to support him better now. Um, We have been a little bit organically, and I I didn't even realize it by, you know, not having him come to every single event, even if that's dinner. Hey, it's dinner time to, to sometimes letting him go or to the next thing that we're going to a kid event. Hey, come see your, you know, your brother's got soccer, then your sister's got dance, whatever. And we're going to come see it and not letting him in. And I I was so stuck in, Hey, we're a family unit. We all do this together. We all support each other together. And then seeing him and what we have done, and I haven't done it in great health, but cater to him a little bit. And on the other side, you know, the yin and yang, he's also nearing a perfect score on his SAT. Um, he's He's going into his senior year of college. He's going to have his associate's degree real quick here. And then he's already looking at Ivy league, you know, schools now, not to say that that's the outcome in every HSP, you know, is, is brilliant or whatever. But if we look at all of ours, cause my socialite son I, back to you saying pros and cons, I'm gonna say yin and yang. I also need times of going, dude, chill out. You've been gone. We haven't seen you for a week. Sit down. You also haven't done your homework in a week. And, um, you know, there are some things that you need to, to do you, as opposed to just being a hundred percent over here on this side of this, the, the pendulum and my other son, you know, nobody, you know what, it, you haven't had dinner with us for a few days. I'd really like you to come down and let's, let's catch up. So there, there is the management. And I think that with ourselves yeah. that it's not a, I am what I am. And now that Kevin's realized that I am an HSP, you know what, I'm not even coming to Dallas. I'm not doing the event. I don't want to yeah. be on stage. Yeah. It's too many dinners and you know, whatever, but how can I go do that and, and protect protect myself so that I can, like you talked, we talked about with you, I can leverage and, and let my, gosh, what did you say? You didn't say propensities. You used the word a second ago, Renee. Um, um qualities, maybe it was that quality. just my, my yep, quality. Yep, yep. How can I leverage those in that, the, the pros, you know, and then how can I I'm going to say, use the word protect, but protect budget. Uh,
1: and then, uh, what did I say? Well, I never remember what just came.
0: I I don't either. That's why we record these things. And I write notes like Matt, but, but I think everybody gets a point though, but how can I then go and, and do it in health and manage my, you know, certain propensities uh, where somebody else may be at every dinner, they're going to be at every, every event or every session whatnot. And they're going to do that. That's great. But there's a yin and yang. I've got my qualities. You do. And we're going to manage those. And that's what we all are talking about doing. And, And ultimately we're coming down to self awareness. You were just talking about all the different profiles. That's what we're using these tools for. And I would encourage anybody to either listen to this, these shows that we're doing on sensitivity, um, get, uh, get, uh, Andre's book. I'm not going to do it on here. It'd be so interesting to do it with you though, and go through his lists. He literally has yeah. some lists. If, if these are, there's lists And I hit, I know there was one, it was like 32 things. And I think 28 of them, I said yes to be interested oh, yeah. here, but I think for anybody to do that, maybe you only have four that you say yes to, but what are those four? And you realize, yeah, I am really sensitive to actually, I really struggle with that. We'll honor that when that yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know what, what, what I have realized, I think the difference is since I've grown and, and experienced life and I've lived, you know, lived uh, some, some incredible moments as opposed to, you know, when I was younger and I just, I just was right. Like this is what I do. And I naturally masked as, as we talked about masked some things. And I just think I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, I'm so tired of masking. And even if I try to mask sometimes it doesn't feel the same because now I have the awareness that I'm like, "Oh, Renee, you're masking where 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I didn't know I was masking. I was just doing what I thought I had to do because I needed to, you know, have be, be in the business and, you know, get good grades and do everything that I had to do to make sure that Renee was at her best. But now I realize like, Oh wait, it's okay. There. are there is no perfect human being. It's okay to be who you are, show your true colors, and the more you lean into that, you give permission other people to lean into their truth. you know and I really think that that's part of our mission as just say you and I, you know yeah. people who are were out there, we have a platform to speak, you know me through communication and you through this incredible podcast like This is our chance to own up to who we are, because I really believe that's what gives other people the permission to say, it's okay. It's okay to talk about that struggle that you have. It's okay to talk about how you thought you were so different for so many years and you masked it. And now you're tired of masking.
0: Okay. I'm going to bring something else up then based on what you just said. And, and to be, yeah, candid, here's what we're looking for is awareness And then again, how do you manage yourself well so you are in health, so that you are at peace, so you're fulfilled, so that you're sustainable? So I am going back to the enneagram. I am a a seven, which is you are. I am. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay, but that and there's my point. That is who I have tended to be. So I am that one that's going to instigate a, a an event or a social gathering, and that was my previous business a decade, a decade ago was, uh, you know, an online community, but we rented out camps. We did 12 events where we ran out camps and had, you know, 30, 50 people for three days. And we do this stuff. And, you know, Valentine's, we had the big uh, shindig at my house. We hosted it and we facilitated it and I'm leading wow. this, and, and I'm doing all this celebratory stuff yet. I didn't have any i was not at all tuned in to my sensitivities and so i was masking a lot so here's one reality of, reality of me if i had known i it would be okay you're gonna do that kevin be with you but you're gonna have to take some time alone to recharge i didn't do that i was just performing the whole time i was masking so that's what brought it up you talk about masking and what that led to was burnout yep that's it led to burnout i left it i walked away and even my family, my wife, you know, she's like, yeah, Valentine's used to be the guy you would put that together, and now you're you're gone. That's what we're trying to have you got, have everybody avoid. If you don't moderate this stuff, it's going to manifest. And I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious now about how many people burn out in different facilities, different roles. They burn out, whether you burn out as a spouse, burn out as a parent, burn out as a XYZ in your work role when you're not moderating these sensitivities that you may have, um, or give up would be the other side. And I wonder how many people are just waiting for retirement because they're in a place where they are having to mask. They're not being authentic to themselves. And so burnout, you know, give up. And again, you brought that up Renee with your idea of masking. And I did that so much. And like you though, I'm at a point now where, Oh my gosh, I'm just tired of doing it. I I don't. So I'm going to opt out, but I want to be able to do that in health as well. And and not just use that as a cop out for everything. Um, but I feel like that's what we're talking about. So masking, that's a great, um, topic to bring out of this too. If we're doing that, there's a place for it. My gosh, great place for it. I'm going to go to the,
1: right. You you need to like, you need to show up Yes, and we're human beings. Listen, no one understands that more than me. You know how many times the show must go on. You know, I could have been in tears five minutes before. And then it's like, boom, lights are on. Renee, you got to get out on the stage. Right. At, At a time like that. And I don't know if you call that masking. I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely a form of masking, sure. but it's almost like, I know I have to show up in this way. That's my job, right? I'm here. All these people pay tons of money to see me in this show, to perform, to entertain them, to, to communicate this story. I got to do it. Yeah. And then afterwards I could, I could go back to crying. So yes, there, there's, a, there's important times where you do have to mask, but again, having that first awareness to know, when the time and place is for you to put that mask on and when the time and place is for you to take it off and be like, no, I gotta, I gotta honor myself. My friends are all going out. I know they're trying to pressure me. Oh, come on, Kevin. Come on. But I know like, Ooh, I'm not feeling hundred percent. I need to, I need to kick back. Right. It's- Those are things that are really important for us to take inventory of yeah. and, you know, kind of going back to, again, living in this digital culture that I talk so much about, This is why when we just run right away to escape ourselves, to scroll on social media, to numb ourselves with a show on Netflix, and we run away from what we are truly feeling and what we are thinking, this is when we move further and further away from who we really are, right? Because we're not even paying attention. When we sit down to eat that meal, we're not even paying attention to if we're full because we're so invested in the show. And then what happens? Oh, my stomach feels a little off. And then we end up finding out, oh, I have a problem with my stomach. Yeah. These little things can creep up when we're not taking the time to really check in with ourselves, communicate with ourselves. It's, it's, it's a must. And I think it's the number one thing we have to remember every when we wake up in the morning, before checking into anyone else's lives, we must check in to ourselves
0: absolutely that's probably the mic drop right there you know it's, I'm thinking about it's interesting uh, as of this recording in what are we were in May 2023 in a month from now we're going to be in you and I will be in Dallas with Tom Ziegler and, and a bunch of people at the Z, uh, shameless promo Ziegler uh, Coach Summit Ziegler.com Coach Summit how interesting so you, all you sensitive folks come join us there and we'll play yes. with it how do we do these HSP HSP <laughs> How do we do these events and budget it so that we are at our best for the parts that we most want to be for? And we're also doing some self care, uh, for the parts so that we are not there and we end up drained, uh, from that or frustrated or, or whatnot and not getting the most out of that. That, that's, that, that's a big, that, that's, that's something that in not in being health it, that brought me away from going to events again, from burnout. I hear you. And yet the benefit is so good. But how can I do them? I know the last event that I was at, I probably went to 25% of the sessions. I had some important meetings, I went to some important things. And I went for a run. And I went to the pool. And I got good sleep. And I went, you know, and after dinner, when everybody went to the uh, I Heart Radio party at the club all night, dude, I'm out. Um, yep. Yep. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to do. I can't I mean, wait. I cannot so wait. I'm so grateful for your text the other day. Uh, how yeah. perfectly, yeah, as you said, divine. And, divine. Uh, I still have questions. This will be this will be fun to keep talking about as we go on. It may be one to even revisit again as we're both. Yeah. And reading Andre's book and getting that now that we have some of these perspectives in mind over the next month or two, as we're doing this, it may be one to come back to and say, how's it going? How's it going? What have yeah. you changed? I, Cause that's what I want to know. So what have you, what have you changed to help you better budget your HSP? You know what I
1: think? Well, I'll tell you this, this is what I'm working on. So for any of my HSP fellow humans out there. Yeah, definitely. If you're in Dallas, come hang with us. Let's talk about this because I think this is such a great topic. Um, but I know for myself, one of the things that I have been working on the most is eradicating the self-judgment around thinking that it's something I shouldn't be. Hmm. And if you know anyone else is experiencing that, thinking that, oh, this is a negative thing, my husband and I talk about this all the time, even going back to like neurodiversity and if you have an ADHD brain. We my Mike and I, my husband, we get in conversation about this all the time because he's so good about being like Renee. Because he believes he is as well. He's like super um high level, high achiever, has, you know, owned his own company for 10 years. I mean, he's he's so super smart. He has a neurodiverse brain as well. He has such a great way of looking at it because he's like Renee. I wouldn't have been able to do any of the things I did without it. And mm. I often have the tendency to be like, yeah, but shouldn't I be this way? And he's like, what? No, this is what it is. Embrace it and and pull out the gifts of it. So if anyone else is on this track of realizing you are highly sensitive and maybe you've had people in your life who have said like, oh, you're so sensitive and you automatically felt that negative connotation. I invite you with me. We're on this journey together to be like, okay, no, you know what? I'm going to honor this. This is just this something else about me, like the color of my hair, the color of my eyes, my height, the, the ethnicity that I am. It's just something that I get to embrace yeah. and work with it.
0: There we go. Embrace and work with it. Maybe that'll be the title of the show, right? Yes. There. Hey, thank you. Thanks for doing this. Thank this you, is, Kevin. um, as a gift, this is a, a, a literally a gift, uh, something I need to embrace as well, so uh, we'll keep talking about this. Renee, thank you, thanks for the text that spawned this. thanks for being here. thanks for your candor as always in your heart. such a gift can 't wait to be with you in a month.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Kevin.
0: All right, friends. Again, this topic was the catalyst. It was Andre Solo. He's actually co-author of the book, Sensitive, The Hidden Power of the Highly Sensitive Person in a Loud, Fast, Too Much World. Again, their website, or if you can find them on social media, is Sensitive Refuge. They've got a really big following a lot of people grasping onto this again how to manage and leverage their sensitivities which we all have to some degree uh, Renee Marino a gift to have her back on the show again I'll be with her in Dallas Texas June 15 16 2023 at the Ziggler Coach Summit which you can find at Ziggler.com slash coach summit but she is just a, a gift um, check her out at Renee R-E-N-E-E Marino Dot com. You can find her on social media at the same place as well. Prince, thank you for tuning in to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends.